to the exhortation of the profound prophet rejected by his own people. Wherein the voice of the Lord is going to speak through him to the people. And verse 21. I'm going to read from two, if it's okay, I would like to read from, uh, let's read from the King James and then I want to kind of give a, a little conversational reading from the NLT. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I've not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and it caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned my people to hear my words. Then they should have turned them from their evil way and from their evil doings. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? You mean I can't be in two places at one time? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have a dream, I have a dream. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, just as their fathers forgot my name for Baal, they traded it. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath a word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err. By their lies and by their lightness, yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not profit the people at all, saith the Lord. And when this people, or the prophet, or a priest, shall ask thee, saying, What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt say to them, What burden? I will even forsake you, saith the Lord. And as for the prophet and the priest, and who else? And the people that shall say, because it was not limited just to the prophet or the priest, but the people were also doing this. That shall say the burden of the Lord, I will even punish that man in his house. Here's the last verse. Thus shall ye say, here is what you ought to say, everyone to his neighbor and everyone to his brother. What hath the Lord answered? And what hath the Lord spoken? Perhaps on the screen you might be able to read the next writing, Jeremiah 20, 23, 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I've given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. If they stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only at close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord? I have heard these prophets saying, listen to the dream I had from God last night. Then they proceed to tell lies in my name. How long shall this go on? If they are prophets, 
They're prophets of deceit. They invent everything they say by telling these false dreams. They're trying to get my people to forget me just as their ancestors did by worshiping the idols of Baal. Let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my word, every word. There is a difference between straw and grain. You cannot be sustained by the straw, but only the grain. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? Therefore, says the Lord, I am against these prophets who steal messages from each other and claim they are from me. I'm against those smooth-tongued prophets who say, This prophecy is from the Lord. All the preacher voice people. That was just for me. I, I don't know if anybody care about that. I'm against these false prophets. Their imaginary dreams are flagrant lies that lead my people into sin. I did not send or appoint them, and they have no message at all for my people. I, the Lord, have spoken false prophecies and false prophets. Suppose one of those people or one of the prophets or priests ask you, What prophecy has the Lord burdened you with now? You must reply, You're the burden. Lord says he will abandon you. If any prophet, priest, or people, anyone else says, I have a prophecy from the Lord, I'll punish that person along with his entire family. You should keep asking each other, what did the Lord answer? What's the Lord saying? Oh. Just right now, lift up your hands and say, I got to hear from you right now, Lord. I've got to hear from you. My family, my home, my life, my situation's got to hear from you right now. I can't have a misinterpretation. I, I got to have it directly from you, Lord, to me, to my life. If you can, put your Bibles behind you now and just whatever you can to lift up your heart, your voice to God because. The Lord's about to speak in this house. Come on out of your mouth. You ought to invoke the presence of the Most High God. Amen. I thank you for standing. You may be seated. Mm. When you get seated, just clap your hands one more time. I feel... Like the Lord is just about to do something here now. It is somewhat daunting to consider that the New Testament church did not have the New Testament. The book of Acts church did not have the previous four gospels to reference the book of romans the letters to the church in corinth all that was absent from their sight the teachers and preachers and the people of the new testament they didn't have the current writings they had the pentateuch they had the historical accounts of israel they had the kings they had the poetic books and the prophets acts chapter 8 finds philip teaching the Ethiopian eunuch about baptism in water. And he used exclusively the book of Isaiah to teach baptism in water in Jesus' name. 
Now I wonder how many of us could prove and support baptism in such a way that the recipient himself would end up saying, see here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Not even having Acts chapter 2 or John chapter 3. One of the key verses of the New Testament was the general overview of the Old Testament when Paul points backwards and he said that all the things that occurred to the people are examples for us, and I quote, and they are written for our admonition. So when I read the book of Jeremiah and I see the environment in which he ministered, it humbles me to know how privileged I am to preach to willing people who receive me. Because at one point, Jeremiah was so rejected that they lowered him down into an old cistern which was full of mud so that he could not move from the waist up and they left him there to rot, starve, and die. They brought him back up finally. Jeremiah preached in a time when there were so many voices that most of the people did not know which ones to follow. He, he was a prophet. He was a prophet among prophets, meaning that he was really just one of hundreds, perhaps thousands. There were priests and common people who were quoting God when God was not speaking. And the cacophony of voices was so profound that the innocent did not know who to follow and the powerful became conceited in their own eyes, thinking that they could say whatever they wanted as long as he used the preface, I had a dream from the Lord. Or... This is what the Lord says. This is just what I feel in my heart for you. I could be wrong, but this is what I feel very strongly in the Lord. And that they would utter something to direct people. Everyone had a direction to give, but few had the right direction. It almost reads like the opening pages of your preferred search engine on your computer. Jeremiah's age is an example to this moment in time in which we are living right now. The people needed to hear a word from God, but the leaders, the teachers, the preachers, the prophets, and the people themselves were not giving each other a word from God. They were giving them words that came from their own mind. And to make matters worse, Jeremiah had to confront the false prophets and the false priests because they were offering instruction by virtue of their own thought and it was causing people to be absent from repentance, disassociated from the law and from the truth. These are all written for our admonition. All of this was an example for all of us. Think of it. The age of Jeremiah where men and women are filled up with advice and counsel and recommendations. They are guiding people, even one another, not based on the law of Moses or upon the word of God. But they use God and his name to give guidance and input to one another and everyone is led astray. It's a dreadful day and Jeremiah calls them out and we read it in the scripture. And Jeremiah, listen to the dream I had from God last night. And they proceed to tell lies in my name. How long will this go on if they are prophets? They are prophets of deceit, inventing everything they say. They claimed to speak for the Lord even though God had not led them to speak. So they made up things that sounded like the Lord but it was not like him. They were prophets without a word. They were prophets without a prophecy. They were priests without a pure sacrifice. People misleading people just to be noticed. And this pseudo-spiritual pattern was so strong that it poured itself into the New Testament churches. And now we find it rooted in the moment in which we live even in this very present day. Because... Everyone wants to sound like they know what God is saying. So they just speak without standing before the Lord. 
There's a lot more speaking than listening. There are a lot more words translated than godly utterances. He is not saying what people are telling you he's saying. And all of you have, all you have to do is just open up your computer and search a subject and there it is. Thousands of thus saith the Lord's when he has not spoken. I'll cut to the chase this morning. If there was ever a moment in time when we needed a true word from God, now is the time. We need a word. You need a word. Here, pastor, head knowledge serves you but for a moment, but that is not a word. Facts about the Bible, the customs about the Bible, timelines in the Bible, rituals and conducts and all the trivia, all that may be good, but that's not a word from God. Poetic voices and those people that make a statement that sound good, they might appeal to you, but that is not a word from God. We need a true word that sets us on the right path and clears our mind from the mess of our world. We need a message that rescues us from the mistakes we're about to make. We need a word that heals our homes and our marriages and provokes us to change our ways. That's a word from God. We need a word that affirms the life we are living and the way that we call the right way and the holy way, which the world calls heresy. It's the only way. We need a word that affirms that. Uh, I don't want to be entertained by feel-good preachers. Nor do I want to be condemned by controlling voices. I need to ask, and we need to ask, what hath the Lord answered? What hath the Lord spoken? What is it that God is trying to tell me? Scripture uses this W-O-R-D in two ways. The more commonly known way of these two Greek words is logos. Logos is the common way. Logos is referring to the constant written word of God, which we have recorded in the Bible. The written word of God is the Logos. It is in our hands. There's no need to search out another written thought. You have it in your hands. It's the Logos. And God has already spoken about his ways, his salvation, and what he requires of all of us. It's the Logos. You don't need to ask your friend or your neighbor how to be saved. Go to the Logos. The word is written. You don't need to figure out whether or not you have to live for God. It's in the word. Or how to be holy. It's in the word. If you need a word from God, look into the Logos. It's there. And any writer... Any politician, any world leader, any preacher, any neighbor, family member that leads you into a different direction is not speaking for God. Because in the beginning was the Word, Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things are made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is right here. There's another Greek word. It's the lesser known definition for the Bible's W-O-R-D. It's called Rima. It refers to the instant personal speaking voice of God to us. Because our God is not a silent God. 
He's a speaking God. He wants to communicate with us not only through his written word, written word, but also directly to us. And I need the logos on a daily basis to guide me. And I need a rima in the moment of my decision. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, that the rima word is the now word. And the rima is always rooted in the logos. The rima is never different than the logos. The Rima never defies or an objection to the Logos. And I don't know where we would be without the Word of God. The right now, the Rima Word, men and women have spoken into my life. Our world is set in order when a true direction, a Rima Word is spoken. Hear me, we need a Word. Where would you be without the Word? The written Word, the Rima Word, the preacher's Word. My father gave me a Word and it put my mind at ease many years ago. My pastor gave me a Word and it affirmed my steps. A prophet in my life gave me a Word and it caused enough conviction in my spirit to reroute my pattern. A teacher that I studied underneath when I was a teenager gave me a Word and that Word gave me an attitude adjustment. It changed my stinking thinking. Hear me, I need a Word and I'll go out on a limb today to say this, your life is destined for trouble without a thus saith the Lord a true thus saith the Lord you gotta ask what is your answer Lord what do you want to say to me but instead of standing before God until he speaks You go ahead and open up the pages of the Matthew chapter 1, the first book in that New Testament. You'll find the angel of the Lord giving a word to Joseph. He is engaged to a young woman who is already with child. And he's contemplating how to save her from embarrassment. But the word came. And God said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what is happening to her is of the Holy Ghost. She will give birth to a son and you'll call his name Jesus. And Joseph is thinking about Mary's reputation and of course... Of course, the engagement is over. It's over. There's no doubt in his mind. He's on the verge of ending everything. And had it not been for the word of God, there would have been no midnight run, no escape to Bethlehem, no angelic choir, no place for the kings from the east to come. The word set up the wonder. Take out the word and you have chaos and cover up and confusion. Take out the word and somebody is going to pull a pregnant Mary aside and say, now honey... The first step to recovery is to admit that you've been with another man. But when you put the word in that place, something supernatural is happening. Hear me. Not everybody's going to understand what's happened in your life. You might not understand it, but God has got to speak a word to you to confirm what's happening in you right now is from God. And the word is going to set up the wonder. Go check out Israel's first king. I love the opening moments of King Saul. He was pure. Samuel the prophet, the famed and renowned prophet of God, has come seeking Saul, who is young and humble. And Saul says to Samuel, and I quote from 1 Samuel 9, and Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And my family were the least of the tribes of Benjamin. Why would you even want to talk to me? And in those few hours they spent together, Saul would be anointed and appointed. But first there had to come a word from God, because the word precedes 
the anointing. I'll read it to you in verse 27. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, bid the servants to pass on before us. The prophet said, let them all go, but stand still a while that I may show thee the word of God. It is the word that preceded the anointing which Samuel called God's inheritance. I cannot tell the whole, but I got to have the word today in my heart because if I got the word, I'll get the wonder. And if I get the word, I get the anointing. And if I get the word, I'll get the direction. And if I get the word, I'll get what I have to do. I gotta have a word. I don't need the newspaper. I don't need chicken soup for the soul. I don't need the Reader's Digest. I gotta have the word. got to tell you about Gideon a little bit who's hiding in a wine press he's threshing wheat he's full of fear he's living in a reality of terror night and day the enemy has consumed the land and the word of God comes to him it was the word that lifted him up from fear into a place he thought he would never be it was the word that sustained the widow woman in her season of famine the word brought light to Israel when Elisha warned that the people were not to go there the word came to Peter to Cornelius and it opened up a worldwide revival to the entire Gentile race think of the word it changes everything and the Gentile was grafted into the seed of Abraham and we became sons and daughters of the covenant because in a little town called Joppa there was a word hear me one word in your situation will open up a revival in your life one word from God can change everything in a moment that's why you need the word the word brings life the word brings healing so I say You ought to go stand before the Lord and be still until he speaks. Hear me. His word is worth the wait. His voice is worth your time. It's worth your time in the prayer room and at the altar. His command is divine and his instruction is perfect, but we are in a rush So we slide up to somebody and ask for advice. And sadly, those people love to give advice because it strokes their ego. The moment you ask everybody for advice all the time and you don't ever ask God, what you're doing is you're setting that other person up for a fall because you consider them spiritual and they love that. So they give you advice, but it might not be from God. And now what? Now you're living a life based upon the good intentions of somebody who did not utter the sound that was spoken from the Lord because we become so anxious to have a word that we often lend our ear to men and women who say good things that pique our interest. But good things are not always God things. A good word is not the same as a God word. A good word could be motivational. I like that. It might be a warning to a problem that does not exist. But because someone was bold enough to warn us, we think it came from God. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Daniel himself was a prophet. He was in need of a word from God. But the word he needed took a long time arriving. It was a prayer left unanswered because there was some work, a battle to be done in the heavenlies in a spiritual dimension. Hear me. Sometimes the word takes a while to get to you. God doesn't have to answer you in a moment, in an instant. 
Sometimes he just wants you to wait. And sometimes there are spiritual things happening that's outside of your line of sight. I want to tell you what you need today. You need a word from God. You need to pause and say, what is the answer from the Lord? And a real word, not a thought that morphs into a possibility, not something that comes close to the mark. Because a real word from God doesn't brush up against our need. It always hits the mark. A real word is not made up of chance. It is true to form and you'll never feel suspicious that it came from a man. Hear me. God never comes close to the mark. His message is not almost what you need. You don't have to... You don't have to pick through it to find something applicable. In fact, I reject the old adage of picking the meat and throwing away the bones. I don't want to preach a word where you're picking out the meat and throwing away the bones. I don't want to hear a word or deliver a word where those who need of truth are constantly picking the good things out and throwing the bad things away. Because a word from God is never thrown away and there's no bones in that thing. A word from God has no bones. It is sustaining. It's life changing. It's conviction. It's direction. His word calms a storm. It raises the dead. It fills with application and it leaves no remorse. But I'm concerned. I've got to have a word. And I'm concerned that we are engaging to listen to people who want to be heard but they have no hearing. They want to be heard but they have no hearing. And it happens in the church. So before you walk around and say you've got a word from God, you better make sure you've got a word from God. You better make sure that it's in line with the Bible. You better make sure that if you think that's a Rima word, it lines up with a Logos word. And you ought not walk around and having a dream for everybody. I'm going to tell you what this house needs. It needs a word from God. What does the Lord say? What is the answer of the Lord? Because if it's not the Lord, you're in trouble. God's word is not hopeful. His answer is not more or less. His word is truth, is strong, and secure. Solomon said it like this. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee. And everybody finds out you're a liar. And Jeremiah was living in a society filled with all the voices, but there were too many prophets And no real prophecy. And there were too many preachers, but there were no messages. And there were carnal priests, all vying for attention, but no true sacrifice. And the people of Judah were standing on the brink of capture, upheaval. They were about to be overrun. Their future literally hinged on a word from God, but they rejected it. And if God is not speaking, here, pastor, if he's not speaking, then whatever is being said is made up. It's hypothesis. It's assumption. It's a random thought made from people because if we don't hear from God then we're going to hear from people and men and women I'm concerned that people have a need to say something but they say what they feel and not always what God has said you ought to walk around and say what does God is what is God saying to us because you might have something that you think or maybe you want to say something to me because you love me or maybe you want to say something because you don't love me which in that case I don't know what your problem is now what's going on your word's going to be filtered 
by the frame of reference of your own life and not by what I need. What I really need is a word from him who formed me and who's numbered the hairs of my head and from whom I cannot hide, who is near and far at the same time, who fills up all heaven and earth, who spoke the worlds into existence and stepped out into the cosmos that he just made, who loved me enough to suffer for my sins even before I knew him, who cared enough to give me his back to the scourge and who was planning my healing even before I was sick. He was making a way for you before you got in that mess. He was making a way of escape. Hear me. We need a word on Sunday, but we also need a word on Monday. We got to have a word on Wednesday, but Friday morning, hear me. You're going to need a word from God and you're going to have to find it in the word of God or in the Rima. If you want, I suppose, then go seek out somebody who's not under authority. And see how that works out for you. Seek out a word from a, from a man or a woman who is bitter and angry at life and see if they can help you. Seek a word from the secularist and see if they don't lead you farther from the light because all they have is humanism and subjectivism. In fact, at the end of all those who have banded holiness, you'll find a fluctuating doctrine that appeals to whatever the culture demands. I'm preaching here today. I don't know if you're hearing it, but I'm preaching. You better get in the church. You better love the church. You better get in the word and love the word. Hear me. Before you ever turn on the television, before you crack the paper, before you open up your computer, you need to get in the word because thy word have I hid in mine heart. I'll tell you why we have sin in our lives because we don't have the word hid in our heart. The word is repellent to everything that's carnal. I got to have the word. The word will direct your family. The word will direct your life. I got to have it. It's a clear sound. See, I'm looking for messages from my own life that's not based on my response. And I'm trying to be a preacher that preaches the word not based on how you feel. Have you ever wondered what you look like? Just go get those old videotapes out. You ever wonder what you look like? Huh? I can tell you. I can tell you right now. <laughs> See, I know when the word is getting to people. Of course, while I'm preaching about a word from God, tears are running down your eyes, and you know I've been so misled. I've got to have a word. See, I'm looking for something. Even if it cuts me, the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If it does surgery on me, then let the word be that thing that's sharper than any two-edged sword. If it convicts me, it's okay if it convicts me because I know I'm alive. Finally, I know I'm alive. If the word's going to convict me and invade my personal space, thank God. There's no personal space that should be absent from the word of God. It's going to redirect me when the word goes forth and something happens in your life and you think, oh man, boy, is he talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. It's the word of God that's talking to you. You ought to receive it from the word. Hear me. Whatever your response is to the word. I cannot change the word that God gives based upon how you feel about it. Hear me. You don't want a hireling. You want a preacher that will give you the word. You don't want to hire somebody to tell you what you want. You want to you have somebody that will direct your life. Hear me. Come out of sin. Come out of darkness. Get out of the world. Shun evil. Run from youthful lust. Get in the church. Love God. Serve one another. That's the word. 
and I feel a little bit like Paul when he wrote to the church of Thessalonica and he said, finally, brethren, pray for us. <laughs> pray for us. That the word of the Lord may have free course unabridged without anyone putting thumbs down or saying I gotta find a better place that makes me feel good when I leave mm -hmm. I've heard this every time I come to that church I feel bad hmm. Hmm. guess what you might be in trouble because the Lord is trying to provoke you to do something good. But you want it to feel good. So you relied on your emotions and you responded to how you felt, not about the word that you heard. Did you know that the Lord knows all things? Did you know this? Did you know that there's nothing really that you can say or think that the Lord already, he hasn't already figured that out? Do you know that the word of God, when it comes pure, that it saves your life? There was a, an evangelist, her name was Willie Johnson, and I... My parents were just talking about her again. She passed away, of course, many years ago. She was an older lady when mom and dad just found the church. And Sister Willie Johnson lived in the East and her husband was not saved and sometimes he would let her go preach revivals and sometimes he would not. He, he had a severe alcoholic pro alcohol problem and she was a phenomenal woman of the Lord and she would speak the word of the Lord and often she would speak about the love of God. Even if it was a convicting message, it came across with so much love. They say that men in those days would run to the altar and fall on their face before God at the end of her sermons. Willie Johnson had a little white shawl. She always wore her little white shawl over her shoulders while she was preaching and she would reach out, Steve Richardson told me that one time he saw her and she, would, she reached out across the pulpit with her hand at the end and she said, come. The drawing power of the Lord drew the people and they laid on their face for two hours and spoke in tongues. They were so in need of a word from God. <laughs> Brother Cole and his father, Billy Cole and his father, were in a car one day. They lived in the area where Sister Willie Johnson lived and Brother Billy Cole's father said, Billy said to his dad, said, let's go visit Sister Willie Johnson. And Billy Cole's father said, oh, I don't want to go see her. All she ever talks about is love. All she ever preaches is love. They knocked on the door. Sister Willie Johnson opened the door. So grateful to have these two ministers walk in. They sat down on the couch. She went over and got them some tea. Sat down. The first thing out of her mouth, she said, well, Brother Cole, somebody has to love him. You don't think the Lord knows what you're saying in your car, in your bedrooms? You don't think the Lord knows what you need before you ever walk in here and God's already prepared all the meal for you before you got here? 
You ever wonder, now how, how did pastor say that? Pastor didn't say that. That was the Lord that was speaking to you. He was guiding your life. He already prepared a banquet table for your needs. Before you ever walked in here, he knew what you needed. Before you ever woke up in this morning, he said, I love those people so much. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to give them some veg- I want to give them some good word. I want to, I love them so much. I want to give them some directing word. I love them so much. I want to, I want to warn them not to go down that path. I want to tell them, bring them out from all the world. God loves you so much that he has prepared a word long before you ever arrived. Hear me. He knows what you have need of before you ask. I stand here to say we got to have a word from God. So I don't know if it's in your mind or not, but I'm going to write it. I'm going to say it like Paul said it. Pray for me. Pray for everybody who gets up here. Pray for all the teachers in the church. Pray for all the youth workers and all the youth leaders that the word of the Lord may have free course to do whatever he wants to do. Could is in the same book. Uh-oh. You cannot commit fornication and go to heaven. And in the same book, if you're depressed and going through a storm and a trial of life, he is the peace speaker. He is the prince of peace. And he can calm every storm. It's all in the same book. And in the same sermon, in the same word, someone could be convicted on this side and someone could be healed on that side because the word feeds everybody. He doesn't leave anybody out. It's the bread of heaven. I got to tell somebody over here, the Lord didn't leave you. The Lord didn't forsake you. You didn't go anywhere that the Lord wasn't already there. Even in your darkest night, even in the night that you don't think God's around you, hear the word of God. He's been there. He's been carrying you. He's been shining his light on you. He's the shepherd that leads you through. I got to tell somebody, the Lord doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to get out of that mess. Don't make that engagement. Don't go down that road because you cannot be unequally yoked together hear the word of God here's the difference the difference is not his word how it affects me is not his word it's whether I have ears to hear the word I got to walk in with ears to hear the word. But I just want you to know, if this is the only place where you hear the word, you're anemic. You're in trouble. You ought to have had a word on Saturday. And if you didn't hear it, open up the logos and read it. Oh, man. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word was written by holy men of God who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, 
Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Hear me. You've got to have the word of God before you hear any more politician get on the news and defame one another. That is so corrupt. We have gotten so... in. I'm telling you what, we are in such a miry mess, a clay, a junk going on. It has clouded the word of God. I'll tell you what I want to know. I want to know if that guy or that woman's going to pray. I don't want to know what they're going to do for me. I want to know what they're going to do for God. They're not even in my world. Hear me. I hope you go vote. I don't care who you vote for. I just hope you vote for somebody who loves God. I don't even know if they're there. I'll tell you what, I vote Jesus. I'm coming in, I'm voting Jesus. I'm going to write his name in all the, all, the, all the lines. I'm voting Jesus. I vote Jesus for the county sheriff. I vote Jesus for the senator. I vote Jesus for the president. I'm tired of everybody listening. I'm going to have a word from God. They ain't got any word that's going to help me. The world doesn't have a word that's going to lift me out of my mess. I've got to have a word from God. I'll tell you what we've done. We've trusted in the words of the doctors and then the medic and the medication and the pharmacist. And I thank the Lord that they're around, but that's not the end word. I got a better word, and the word is this: whose report will you believe? I'm gonna believe the last report of the Lord. It's the word from God. I'm going to tell you, God's going to get the last word. He's going to get the last word. So I want to obey the first word. Because it's got to come from the Lord. Come on, Shane. Come on, church. we got to have the word. I'll tell you what. We Please stand. I'm, I'm through. I might have been through earlier. <laughs> please don't say amen to that. I'll tell you what we pray for in the office, Brother Beard. We pray, let the word of God be heard in this house today. Let the word. Because the word's going to give us the anointing, and the word's going to give us the wonder, and the word's going to give us direction, and the word's going to give us understanding. And if it's in the book, do what's in the book. There's a material out there from Sister Shock. It's eat this book. I want to eat this book. Thy words were found and I did eat them, the Bible says. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. This word of God comforts me in my time of loss. It strengthens us. If I'm not preaching the word, then I'm just preaching humanism. If we're not speaking the word, we're just, we've delved off into a secular life. And now we just have people come to church to make themselves feel good. Guilt is appeased. But for a moment. Sometimes we're stuck on delivery. How the word is delivered. That if it's not packaged the right way, we reject the content. <laughs> Is that where we are now in society? We, everything's got to be packaged the right way. I saw a thing where people had all posted something that was a bunch of packages with 
nothing inside, a bag of chips. No chips. I took a picture of it. It was a can of peanuts, just like a few peanuts. Someone forgot to put the peanuts inside the can. It looks beautiful on the outside. Someone bought an old chest, ratty, torn up, beat up, painted many times, 50 bucks, weighed a, really was heavy. It didn't even open up. It was an old chest, got it at a yard sale or some kind of little auction. It was the last. Everyone bypassed it because it was messed up, heavy. No one wanted to bring it home. But, but they decided to pry it open. They had, to, they had to bust out the old nails. The old nails had flathead nails on it. They had a flathead nail. When they opened it up, they found out. It was, the reason why it was heavy because it had old gold coins in it. Man, let's go hit some yard sales right now. But nobody wanted it. And the 50 bucks looked like a waste. And the guy who bought it said, I was just doing them a favor by taking it off their hands. It was heavy. Old chest. Nobody wanted it because it wasn't packaged nice. It didn't have a pretty veneer to it. So we want our preachers to be Zig Ziglar and look like George Clooney. We want our doctors to have good bedside manners and tell jokes and smell nice. Listen, I don't really care what he looks like. But when my baby has a trouble and they're about to die, that package means very little to me. I've got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. And when you're conflicted and you don't know what to do, you need a word from God that's going to speak to the very core of your need. We need to hear a message from the Lord that's going to change our world. Come on, I wonder who in this house needs God to speak to them right now. You need God to say something to your life. This is the moment for you to respond to the word of God so that he can speak the word into you. Just lift up your hands and your voices right now in this house and say, Lord, I've got to have direction for my life.